Yes, you did hear that. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. And um, I've been looking forward to this night. I've been looking forward to tonight. I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you. We're just we're just on overflow. God is um, our Father. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to know His Son Jesus. He wants Him to know. He wants us to know who who we are in His Son Jesus Christ. And that is so very important because see. This is not an ordinary Bible study because this Bible study is not for you to come just gain information. This is a Bible study to bring transformation. To bring transformation so that we will learn to live and to uh, uh, and walk and uh, who we are in Christ Jesus. So that we will live and walk as the righteous, as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and we'll never live beneath our righteousness. That we will live righteous simply means to one of the things is to to be as we ought to be. Amen. As we ought to be, and so we we've, we've talked about we're still on the same topic. I, I ministered on this Sunday. Uh, about the three, three different men. One was a natural man who knows not God, who's never received the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as the Savior. And basically he is he's dead to God. He's dead. He, he doesn't have the ability to obtain knowledge. He doesn't have anything. Um, I think it's Ephesians chapter 2 says, uh, chapter 1 says that, uh, I'm over here, let me read it. It says, and you have he quickened, that means made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So the natural man is still dead in his trespasses and sins. And 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 they're led by, it said in verse 2, it says, wherein times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. So once again, the natural man walks according to the prince of the power of the air, who is Satan himself. And... And he carries the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. He is he's a child of disobedience, okay? And one verse of Scripture says, Jesus says, you're of your father the devil. So those who have not been born again, it's been said that they're of their father the devil. Well, that's not, that's not who we are. And then there's the carnal man, the carnal man. The carnal man is one who has the life and nature of God on the inside of him. But he never experiences it because he lives according to his flesh. He identifies with his everything with his flesh, his five senses. He identifies with the world, okay? But yet still he's received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And he's received, and, and with that, he's received the life and nature of God. He has it, has the life and nature of God on the inside of him. If you're born again, okay. you have the... Who's that? Lola. Hey, Lola. So if you're born again, if you're born again, you have the life and nature of of God on the inside of you. You have God's spiritual DNA. Amen?
Amen. 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 So the carnal, we said this Sunday Amen. that the carnal, per, we said this Sunday that the carnal person is a person that has he's received the new creation, the new creation life, but he rarely or never experiences it because he's he's governed by his senses and he walks after the order of man. All right. And there's one Greek word called socks, and it means that that person is un, is an undeveloped one or babe, a babe. Amen? We don't want to be babes anymore. We want to grow up. We want to walk. We don't want to be just like mere men. We're, we're more than that. Amen? Let's look at a couple of things. All right? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Ephesians 4, verse 7. Good evening. Welcome. All right. I'm going to need some readers tonight. But um, right now, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. I'll read it. And this is God's commentary on, on, on this very thing that we're talking about, on this life that we have. All right. It says, look, li- listen to this and listen carefully. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. You don't like any good thing, all right? Each one of us is given. In this we see each believer has a deposit of grace that will meet every circumstance, situation, emergency in his life. Did you hear what I just said? If the grace given unto you is more than enough for every negative situation that you run into, for every circumstance that comes against you, for every every emergency that comes up. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, Pastor, you're saying he's giving us the, the scripture, there's a scripture that says he's given us the measure of faith, so he's given us the faith and the grace for anything. Yeah, we got the grace. He gave us the, you know, the, the, the first, the measure of faith that he gave us was enough faith to believe. Was it, he gave us the ability to believe, because remember, He gave us the ability to believe that Jesus Christ died, um, came, died, uh, went to the cross, died on the cross, shed his blood for us, and rose again, and ascended into heaven. Because that is the ability, that is what's necessary for us to receive the grace. For by grace you are saved through faith. So he gave us not just natural faith, he gave us a supernatural faith so that we could receive Jesus as as our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So each believer has a deposit of grace also that will meet every situation, every emergency in his life. Every believer has the same Holy Spirit. Every believer has the same eternal life, the same love, the same grace, and the same ability of God, the ability, strength, and capacity of God. God, 
God didn't give any one believer any more than he gave the other. And furthermore, when you became righteous, you can never become any more righteous than you already are now. I figured I'd get a question about that one. You can never become any more righteous. He's given every believer, he gave each, every person has received the same measure of grace, of love, the same measure, and ability, the same measure, the same measure of eternal, eternal life. We have the same matchless Father God, the same eternal intercessor. Who is that? Are y'all in this? Is any, am I talking to myself tonight? Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. So, therefore, if that's the case, brothers and sisters, there's no reason for any believer in Christ, for any of us to be weak. There's no reason for us to remain as babes, when by reason of time, we should be developed. Let's look at verses 11 through 13. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to, uh, well, I'm going to read this. It says here in verse 11, Ephesians 4:11, and he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the what? For the perfecting of the saints, for our completeness, unto the work of ministering, unto the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ till we all attain unto the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, until a full-grown or mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let me, let me say this to you. It makes no sense for us to remain the same. Because God gave the, he made these deposits into our life so that we can be transformed, so that our minds can be renewed, so that we can learn. It is so important for him that we mature and grow up so that we can experience what Jesus Christ has brought to us through his death, burial, and resurrection. So we can experience this new life that we have in Christ Jesus. And, you know, I made this statement last week, and I made it Sunday, I made it in the Bible class. I said, you know, the majority of the body of Christ is in a carnal state. Very few, and can, compared to as many believers as there are in the world, very few are experienced the fullness of Christ. We're on our way, brothers and sisters. You and I, we're on our way to experience the fullness of Christ before we Amen. Amen. 
Amen. So what is the picture? This is of a full-grown believer. This is what God says. A man rightly dividing the word of truth. A man or a woman resting quietly in the strength of God. Not in his own strength, but in the and what God can do, not what you can do in your own strength, but what God does through his grace in you and for you. Exactly. Let's look at Psalms 27, verse 1. I want to tell you all something, all right? And I'll tell you in just a second. Let's read this verse, and I'm going to tell you something. Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Let me read it again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Boy, let me tell you something. When this becomes our reality, the Lord God himself is my light. He's my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You got to understand he's your light. He is your salvation. The Lord Jesus is your light. He's your salvation. He is your physical and your mental strength. He upholds you. Hallelujah. He does. Praise God. He says that you are a conqueror. You and I are conquerors. We're victors, and we're overcomers in him. Not independently of him, but in him. God God never planned for us to remain a baby spiritually. Any more than he planned for on you know, on our remaining a baby in the in the natural realm. Ephesians three twenty, let's look at it. I hope this is blessing somebody tonight because it's blessing me already. Ephesians three twenty, I need somebody to read that for me. Ephesians what? Chapter 3, verse 20. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's brilliant. You going to read it? Guess I got to read it. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto I'm him unmuted. that is able. I'm unmuted now. I'm unmuted now. Well, too late. Now unto him that is able to do what? Exceeding, Exceeding. abundantly above all, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power. What? That work is in That work is in He works in you. His power works in you. You're not just anybody. 
You're full of the light and nature and the ability of God. And he works in you. We have the, the ability of God in us. And remember Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or I can do all things in him who is my ability and my strength. He's my ability and he's my strength. I don't know why I get this. We're going to, all of us are getting to the point where things aren't going to bother us anymore. Because we're not going to look at them through natural eyes. We're going to be looking at through the spiritual aspect. You see, Jesus is the victor. You see, it's not, it's not that when Satan comes to deal with us that he deals with us. He's dealing with Christ in us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is dealing with Christ in you and I. How's that going to work out for him? My, 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 my. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Any comments, any questions there? I said this Sunday, if we're not careful, if we don't give attention to the word of God, then we'll become dull of hearing. The word doesn't even reach us. We'll just we'll be swallowed up by the. You'll get swallowed up by the by the uh, 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 all the circumstances of life. But that's not who we are. We have a greater one on the inside of us. We're not to get swallowed up. Remember when oh, the scripture yeah. says, "Yes." Remember when the scripture says, when he says, um, well, "Where is it?" Hebrews chapter five. In verse 12 through, uh, through 14, and he says, um, uh, when he tells us that, for when, when by reason you are to be teachers, you have need that someone teach you again, teach you the, in the rudiments or the first principles and oracles of God. And you have become such as have need of milk and not solid food. Every believer yes, should aspire. That's right. Every believer should mm-hmm. should aspire to be a teacher to someone else. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. So. I'm going to yes, I'm going to make this statement to you all. You see, when I started teaching this particular lesson last week, it was because I wanted to go somewhere else, but the Lord said, "No, you got to go there first, because what you're about to teach them is going to change them forever." What? Because see, it's not. It's not about me. The Holy Spirit's going to minister some things to you that's going to get some of you healed. That's going to get you all healed. That have been dealing with sickness and disease or some kind of attack in your body for your whole life. He's been in your pockets, your finances, your whole life. You're going to get a different perspective. You're going to be empowered. The Holy Spirit's going to empower you. He's going to allow you to see some things that's going to check. I'm telling you now, you're not going to be the same again. If, if you stay connected and you go through these teachings over the next several weeks or months, you're not going to be the same. The things that you're battling with in life, you're going to see the victory over those things. You're going to see them immediately. I'm just telling you what the Holy Spirit told me. 
So true. I, I believe hope, yeah. it. Praise God. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's some things I can't even share right now because we're because we're we're being prepared right now to receive them. My God, you see, because why? Because He wants us to eat solid food. Solid food is for for mature men, for grown-ups. My, 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 my. He doesn't want us to be carnal people. Uh, you know, they, they're ever learning and never coming. In 2 Timothy 3, 7 says they're ever learning but never coming uh, into the knowledge of the truth. They go to church Sunday after Sunday. There's people have been 40, 50 years, and they've not grown one bit. They just get more information, and they and some of it retain, some of it they don't, but it doesn't affect their spiritual life. There is so much life on the inside of us. We receive such an inheritance. Matter of fact, go with the Ephesians chapter 1, uh, and we're going to read verses 16 through, uh, through 20, through 20 or 21, well, well uh, maybe 16 through 19. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 19. Did you want me to read? I want somebody to read. <laughs> okay. I want I wanted you to read before, but you, you were I'm eating. Not, I am not you, eating. You were cooking. <laughs> cease, not to give thanks, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The Stop right there. Under- Stop right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He says that he's, he's got to give you something first. He's got to give you the spirit of wisdom, and he's got to give you revelation into this word, into this word, into who he is. Listen carefully. You can't just pick up the Bible and get this. He's got a, he's trying, he wants to impart something to you that's so important and so permanent and so valuable. Go ahead, honey. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know Stop. what is the whole. That your heart, that your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of your, the understanding here is talking about your heart may be enlightened. Because your head, you can get that information, but if it's not in your heart, you're not going to get, you're not going to receive it. The spirit imparts his reality to your heart. Go ahead, honey. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what the, that you may know the hope of his calling, what the purpose of his calling was, the expectation, what he came to do, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He wants you to know about the inheritance. He wants you to know that you are an heir, that you are a joint heir of this inheritance. Our inheritance. Well, it's his, it's Christ's inheritance, but we share in it. Yes, definitely. It's Christ's inheritance because he inherited it through his death, burial, and resurrection to his obedience to the cross. The same way with the covenant. The new the covenant, we don't have a personal covenant with God, 
Jesus has the covenant, but because we're in Christ, we share with him in the covenant. We share with him in this inheritance. And he wants you to know what it is. It's what Jesus has, the inheritance that he has, we live in that inheritance. We are partakers of that inheritance. That's right. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, man. Uh huh. Go ahead, honey. What is the exceeding greatness of His glory to us, but who believe according to the word? Read that again, of his please. Read power. it again. Read it again. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us, but who believe according to the working of His mighty power? What is the exceeding greatness of His power? To us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. In other words, the same power that's available to Jesus is available to us. Amen. The same power that's there on Jesus' behalf, it backs, it backs us. It's on our behalf. We, like we are in part like we are partakers of Jesus' inheritance, we're, in, we're partakers of the same power. Glory to God. And how did this power Amen. come about? Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Perlene. Go ahead, Sid. Which he walked in Christ, which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Listen, brothers and sisters. This is part of maturing and growing up. That you would know what the inheritance is because you're a partaker of it. And that you would know, you would have it in your heart so that your expectation comes from the inheritance that Jesus, that we have, that we share in with Jesus Christ. That means we lack nothing. We lack no good thing. That we truly uh, that the Lord is truly our shepherd, and we shall not want. That he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He restores our soul. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. And yea, though we walk through the valley in shadow of death, we fear nothing. We fear nothing, no evil, nothing. We don't have a spirit of fear, but of love and power. What power? The same power that we're talking about. Love, power, and a sound or a disciplined mind. Our mind is stayed on the word. It's stayed on the Lord. We see, we see the way he sees. That's why we experience him. We experience this victory. We're coming out of this carnal state so that we can see the manifestations of the spirit, so that we can see his power at work, the same power, the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is this is what Paul puts the emphasis on. The Spirit of God is saying to him that um, uh, yeah, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, and the, and the Spirit of wisdom is the Spirit of revelation and the knowledge of him, and the, uh, that the eyes of your understanding, that your hearts would be enlightened, that you may know or that you may experience what is the hope of his calling, what is the expectation. The, uh, oh, my gosh. And what is the what is the riches what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Because we're partakers of that inheritance. He wants you to know these things. 
This ain't about when you get to heaven. This is right now. Oh, my gosh. Some of us have been suffering, and it's, you know, it's a travesty. When I go into the next phase of these of teaching, you're going to see some things. Oh, in Isaiah 54, when God just he talks about these people who the leaders over the people and they cause God's people. In, in this in this dispensation, He's talking about ministers, the pastors, who causes God's people to blaspheme, causes God's people not to believe. He causes God's people to to fear to be afraid of God instead of to, to know a loving God. Oh, my. Y'all still with me? Alan, break it down. Hallelujah. A loving God. My, I mean, for years, people have been, you know, and people have been, you know, been committed to churches, been never miss a Sunday, never miss a service, and they don't grow. They never arrive at this state that God has taken us to right now. You see, if calamity and sickness and loss of property or, or, or death of loved ones comes, they stand paralyzed. These, these believers who've been doing these things all the years, they stand paralyzed and helpless in the presence, right in the presence of, of the enemy. And the enemy just keeps beating on them. When we have the exceeding great, they have the exceeding greatness of God's power towards them. They don't know what to do. They're paralyzed. They have the resources of God. They have the ability of God. And, and, and they have God's loving word. But they've never taken advantage of it. Because they didn't know. I want to tell you something. We were down in North Carolina yesterday. We go down and do a Bible study down there, as most of you all know, twice a month, the second, second and fourth Tuesday of each month. And these folks are that, that are there, the seniors, and I think probably Pastor Pearlie and I are the youngest two people in there. They go all the way up into 70s, 80s, and 90s. And, boy, we went down there, and, I, you know, we got the sheep. Most of you all have got it where it talks about I am, all these scriptures that define who you are in Christ Jesus. Or who you are, who who you are in Christ, yes. And we started opening it up and teaching them, folks. Let me tell you something. You would, it was such a joy. That room was so lit up. We had like, I think there was like 13 people in there yesterday. And they are so excited to find that one lady. What did she say, honey, about she put them on her refrigerator? Yes. Well, share it. Oh, she was simply telling me that, that she was so excited. She was telling me about her church on Sunday, and she was like, she was like, I was so blessed. And she was like, I am redeemed. And she was so happy that, you know, she's getting, she's, these things are becoming real to her. She says, I am redeemed because she put that thing on her refrigerator, and she looked at that thing. She's looking into a mirror. She's looking into a mirror of all these things that, that, that God says that she has to, this is God speaking to you. So she's looking into a mirror, and when she looked into that mirror, she says, I am redeemed. How do you think she's going to approach circumstances and situations as a redeemed person? Because she now knows 
And I don't know how many years she's been in church, or probably most of her life. But they're learning, and they're on fire for Jesus Christ because all they, they just wanted to hear somebody come and tell them, show them. They want, you know, we get to show them the same way God's trying to show us who we are in, in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Ephesians 1, 2 shows us, it says, Be therefore imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love even as Christ also loved you. That is what? That's our privilege. All right? That's where those folks that we were talking about, that's where they could have lived. They didn't know the new covenant law, which is the, you know, which, which governs them. We walk in love. What is John, the book of John, chapter 13, 34 and 35 says this. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I loved you. Just think about that. He wants us to love each other even as he loves us. He wants us to be a family resting in Christ Jesus, looking like Christ Jesus, responding to situations and circumstances like Christ Jesus, being one. And when the world sees us, they see an unmovable, unshakable people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You see, God wants us to have our yeah. God wants us to have our minds renewed. Yeah. Because the unrenewed mind is the state of babyhood. We need to have our minds renewed. Yeah. Let's look at let's look at some more scriptures. There's a Bible study, right? Colossians three ten. Somebody read that for me. Colossians chapter three verse ten. Is that with a C or a G? With a C. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Colossians 310. I'll read, read it. Okay. Is that you, Lola? You said you're going to read it? Okay. Colossians 310. And... Have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Wow. My God. He says, having put on the new, having put on the new, which is renewed, it's renewed in knowledge. Oh, my God. After the image of him that created him. We put on the new. We've been made new. One scripture says, I believe it's 1 Corinthians. No, no, it's Ephesians 4.23. Let's go look over that. This will give you a better understanding. See, in other words, because verse 9 said, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man. 
was his deeds. We don't we don't use, we don't live in those deeds anymore. We have the new man. That was the old man. We have the new man. Ephesians chapter four. Let's go over there. And Lola, I want you to read that for me too. All right. Ephesians chapter four. What verses did I say? alive. Quick means alive. 
The word of God is alive, it's powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. My point is this. God knows your heart, but he gave you the word of God so that it can cleanse your heart. We are without excuse. And he goes on to say this, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like, uh, like uh, as, uh, as we are, yet without sin. Then he says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. To help do what? To help us keep the old man dead. Because he knows what's in our heart. He doesn't like those things that don't look like him. He purges the heart. He's saying, I have help here. Exactly. There's so help true. here to purge and to cleanse that heart. So when people say, well, the Lord knows my heart. No, he says the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It didn't say the thoughts of your brain. It said the thoughts of your heart and the intents of your heart. So when people say the Lord knows my heart, they just want to keep doing what they're doing and be comfortable in the mess. But he told us, what does it mean to put off the old man? Hey, I'm going to show you what it means to put off the old man. Is when you're involved in things that you shouldn't be involved in or when you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing or when you're trying to live this life without Christ, you come to the real, realization is that Jesus has already dealt with those things, that those things produce death. Turn away from them. Go to the word. Get your mind renewed. And in the mind renewal process, you put on the new man. In other words, in other words, you die to your flesh and you come alive to the will of God. Find out what the will of God is. Desire those things. And he already, he already told you over here, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Because why? We can't do it by ourselves. What is the throne of grace? That's where we find help. Mercy's there and help. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, always it does. Helping us. yes, it does make sense. And, and thank he, you for he, the different the different take uh -huh. on verse sixteen because I was always taught. Um this this verse is talking about how God can help you through difficult times of life. That's what that. It, it, no one's ever put it in a, in a light of 
No, it, it you help you condemn your old nature, the old man, to become who Christ That's wants right. you to be. No one's ever said that. So that was That's wow. What it, yeah, and you see it, right? You can see it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is, 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 is we want to be weak when he said, when he's made us strong. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna show you something else. I'm gonna show you something else. Look, watch this. This will blow your brains out too. And sometimes it's good to get our brains rolling out so we get a heart full so that we can read. Our brains can be re, re, redone. The restoration of the soul. Watch this now. Let's go over to uh, Romans chapter 6. We've got about 10 minutes, and we're going to be on this for another week or two because because we're getting ready to go into some, some really, God's taking us somewhere. Romans chapter 6. All right, y'all ready? Berlene, do you want to read or you want me to read? I can read. All right. I want you to read. Yeah, start at verse 1, and go ahead, and I'll stop you like I normally do. Okay. Romans, beginning at um, chapter 6, verse 1. Right. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Stop. But he that... Oh, 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 right there. So, it says, knowing that our old man is crucified, he's dead. He's become powerless. He's been rendered powerless. He's been stripped. The old man is crucified. The only one that can revive him is you or me. But he has no permission to operate in us anymore. He's been rendered dead, crucified. Okay? Go ahead. Verse 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. For in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right. Let not go ahead. Let not sin go therefore ahead. reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members 
as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members and instruments of righteousness unto God. But sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Stop. Stop right there. What does that mean? It means that 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 sin is now powerless. Because we were under the law where sin had a lot of power. But now we're under grace where sin has no power. We're because sin has been defeated. So it cannot rule over it. The only way sin can operate is in verse 13. Don't let it yield in your members. I mean, don't yield to it. It says, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Sin no longer has power over you. Matter of fact, I think it was Peter or James, I think it was Peter, he understood it better than anybody. He understood it really well because this is what he said. He said, you're drawn away of your own lust because you like the same, because you want to partake of that thing, not because it has power over you, you're giving it space. In other words, when those things come, what do we do, Lola? We go to the throne of grace. Why? Because grace has already defeated sin. Grace, you have grace. You don't want to partake in that thing. So, as a matter of fact, let me show you something else. This is a verse of Scripture. <laughs> oh, my God. Where is that verse of Scripture at, Perlene? Uh, Excuse me. Oh, my. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a Scripture, if you don't mind. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10. Okay. Somebody go ahead and read it for us, sis. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try Mm. the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Hmm. Right. And and we're under the new dispensation today to where he's filled our heart full of his what? Full of his word. His word. Because, because, because if you look at in Ezekiel, matter of fact, okay, Y'all stay with me. We got four minutes, but we probably have to go ten for this. Go on. Go to Ezekiel chapter 36. Book of Ezekiel chapter 36. I know this seems like it's all over the place, but it's really not. Ezekiel 36 and read verses uh, 25 and 26, I believe it is, brilliant. Ezekiel 36. Okay. Start at verse 25. Right. Then, then, well, then Wait, everybody pre- get that. Make sure everybody's there because I want I want everybody to see it. All right, go ahead. 
Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all of your filthiness, and from all of your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. All right, go ahead. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to my statues, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. <laughs> See, God knew he had to take that old heart out because it couldn't be penetrated. It was because that was a stony heart. So he gave you a new heart. What's the first thing he gave you? It was a new spirit. He gave you his spirit, new life. Watch this now. He gave you a new heart to be to be penetrated. And then the next verse, what does he say? He says, and I will put my spirit within you, and then you will be able to do. Read it again, that part, Berlin. Verse 27? Yeah, yeah, read 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and you shall keep and- my judgments. And do. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. What is that? Grace. The Holy Spirit. What is that? Grace and the Holy Spirit, same thing. He says, I'm going to put that in there because right now you can't do it in your own. I'm going to give you a heart that can be penetrated with my word. Then I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to give you a new nature first. Then I'm going to put my... uh, then I'm going to give you a new heart that can be penetrated. Then I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you to enable you to do. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And you see that you see that all throughout where? All throughout the New Testament. Amen. All right. And I want to go. I want to go one more place. Uh. Because this is, uh, hold on one second. Uh, got to find a verse of scripture I'm looking for. Um, let's see. Oh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is going to be the last verse of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Now, I'm going to tell you the way this, I'm going to tell you, listen to this. And most of you, have heard this before, if you, if you heard it before, just say amen. God will not put more on you than you can bear. Yeah. Hello? Amen. Yeah. Amen. God will not put, God will not put more on you than you can bear. Let me tell you something. That is a lie. Yes, I heard that. that yeah, oh, that is a lie. That, 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 that is a, a lie from hell. From hell, the lie from the pits of hell. It's a deceiver, and it accuses God. Yes, it God. is. It yes, it is. Putting, it accuses God of cause of of doing things to you or putting bad things on you. Just enough so yep. you won't break. But let's look at what yep. it really says. Here's what it really says. 
it says there is, watch this, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you or suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know what he's talking about? What do we go to the throne of what? What do we go to the throne of what? It's, I got some back, somebody talking in the background. Please stop talking grace. if you got throne of, grace. Background. Throne, throne of grace. Throne of grace. There's no temptation taken but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. It didn't say God don't put things, put more than you can bear. God don't put nothing on you. He's filled you full of life and his, his life and nature. He's filled you full of his grace. He says we have an abundance of grace Hallelujah. and a gift of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so here you see, but, but this is the verse of scripture that people say, I don't put more than you can bear. You see what it sounds? It sounds like God puts negative things on you. But know this. Know that's this. That's what a lot of people Whenever do. You... That, that's man's that... interpretation. Yes, yeah, say that again. That's what a lot of people assume. Yes, even, yes. you know, God-fearing, I've heard pastors say, almost speaking to the tone that, you know, he's, he he allows you or puts these situations or things on you, but it's, he still get out or help Honey, overcome. So, yeah. God is, when I, God when is I get into so loving. When, when I get into the next aspect of these teachings and the next couple of things, the next time somebody says something to you about that, you're going to pray for them. Because let me tell you something. God put everything on his son so that it wouldn't be on you. Amen. Amen. God took everything off of you, put it on his son, so that you can have what his son has. That's right. Why, why does he have Amen. to put you through something to teach you something? That's what men would do. That's not what God does. <laughs> what the enemy would do. It's I heard true. people say I I have heard people say that God caused me to be sick to so that I yeah. was I didn't listen to him. I didn't do this. God caused me to be sick and da da da. That is a lie from hell. God would in order for sickness to come on you, the devil is a, is the one who brings sickness. Sickness is a part of the curse. Amen. God said, Hallelujah. Jesus, uh, uh, Galatians five thirteen says, "I have been redeemed from the curse of the law." So when you start, let me tell y'all something. When you, if you're sitting in the church and you're hearing that stuff, kindly get up. You don't have to say goodbye. Just turn and walk away. Because I'm here to tell you, that's not going to help you become. You're going to need, you're going to be in situations and circumstances 
where it's going to, where the only thing you're going to be able to rely on is what comes out of your heart in that critical situation. Because the first, your first response, the first thing that comes out of your mouth determines, is going to determine what the end result is going to be. Mm-hmm. But, but if you sit there and you wait, well, God put this on me. Well, maybe God's doing this to me. Man, while you're doing that, the devil's just going to make that bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, you're going to be swallowed up in something that ain't even yours. You have life, and you have life more abundantly. Amen. Yes. The devil loves negativity. He feeds off of it. God is the God of righteousness, and you are the righteousness of God. Can you imagine God putting something on Jesus to teach him a lesson? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Glory to God. Well, I, I, I hope this is helping somebody tonight. But I'll tell you. Well, Pastor, but, yes, dear. Pastor, before we before we end, um, someone on the call tonight sent me this text, and yeah, I wanted to share it with you. And they were saying that, um, you know, it's just so awesome to see what the Word of God, as we get into the Word of God and we allow the Word of God, you know, we apply it to our heart, and, you know, and he just does what he does. And they were saying that they're seeing God's Word now more so as, you know, seeing it as re- reconciliation or like our, you know, spiritually aligning with Jesus, whereas before... <laughs> It was being seen more as a pretty much a book of do's and don'ts. Oh, who was, you ain't got to tell me who it is, but they're on this call now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to tell you something, brother. It goes to show the word is working in your life. That's all I can tell you. Amen. And I can promise you this. I can promise you this, brother. You ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. And on the back end of these teachings over these next, I don't know if it's going to take a month or two months, but I'm telling you right now, you will be because, and 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 I believe this is by the Spirit of God to whoever this brother is, whoever you are, because of the place that you are right now, you haven't seen anything, and and when we get into the next phases of where we're going. You'll never have another issue with the devil that you won't get a victory, that you won't experience a victory over right away. Amen. I'm here to tell Amen. you that. Because I know what's in the pot. I know what he put in the pot. I know what he's put in our hearts, and I know where he's taking us. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited. I, you know, I, I, I can tell you, I was abundantly blessed today, all day long. But you know what the most exciting thing for me was today? I told Pastor Perlene, like my, I, and I, she knows, you know, what I'm talking about. We were, I was abundantly blessed today. Um, I'm, I'm abundantly blessed every day, but I had a manifestation today that was, it was just coming from everywhere. And I'm here to tell you something. The most exciting thing was that we would be able to get together and break bread together tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you, you all get people on this call 
get them on get them on the call. You know, when when if you're listening on Sundays, you guys please share those messages because not because I, I don't want any glory, but we're, we're teaching Jesus. And there are those who minister the gospel for years that have no depth of knowledge when it comes to the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're, you, by the time we're done, you're going to know more than more, most pastors know. In your heart, Amen. not just in your head. Amen. All right. And I know a Go couple ahead, people got on late. A couple people got on late tonight. Well, so I just want, I want to give the, uh, hopefully you have a pen. I want to give you the playback number so you can go back and listen to this message and other messages. I'm going to give you the playback number, which is, um, which is 978-990-5093. Again, that's 978-990-5093. And then the access code is, Four seven two 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 six. That's four seven three twos and a six. You're gonna hit pound and you're gonna hit pound again. Um, and one other thing, please remember to um, remember to keep it. Do we we do the comments at the end of the call? You know, we ask questions as they come to you know come to you during the message. You ask the questions, but we save our comments until the end. So, with that being said, this was an awesome call, okay. Pastor. Thank you. Glory hey, to man, God. Does, any, does anybody have any questions or any comments? Please, please, please say so. We welcome them. We love them. Well, I'm just I have... grateful for the words. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 What did you say, Dorothy? I I was a little, I guess, lost when you were talking about um, the heart thing, that God knows our thoughts and intents. Um, Does that mean our our thoughts and our intents are sometimes opposite of what we do? Well, no, what that means is your thoughts, your thoughts, uh, all right, remember what Jesus said uh, when he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. Most most people live in a defeated posture because their heart is not filled with the word of God. Let Let me explain it this way. See, God knows that when you got born again, he gave you everything that you will ever need, he put on the inside of you. As a matter of fact, all of your healing, all of your blessing, and all, all, all everything, nothing rains down from heaven anymore. It now comes up out of you. Because you are the temple, you are the carrier of the blessing and the glory of God. You, the scripture says we are complete in him. In your recreated spirit is everything that's perfect. All right? Your heart is a passageway of this new life that's in your recreated spirit. If your heart is full of the world system, 
If you're thinking a certain way, you're going to express it a certain way. If your heart is not filled with the word of God, and that's why he tells us to get our minds renewed, when we get the word of God going in our heart, it displaces the world system. It displaces the world. He knows, God knows what needs to be in your heart. He, he sees what's there, and he knows that what's there is no good for you. It, 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 it'll hurt you. It will cause you to say the wrong things, and it will also block the life that's in your recreated spirit. So he wants his he wants to his word to get his word in your heart. Remember what he said that that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That's the understanding of your heart, and that's why that word that we saw the word is alive. It's alive to go into the heart and to take out those thoughts and those intents that go against who you are. And it drives that word that's alive, drives all of that stuff out of you. You're filled with this word. So now when things approach you, what do you do? Out of the abundance of the heart, what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And then and what so happens? In essence, so in essence, somebody who's been saved but acts carnally, the only way they can... Access is through the word. You go, girl. You got it. It's got to be the word because they already got the and they recreated spirit. The life of God's already in them. Everything you need, your healing is in you. It's got to come out of your mouth. But if it can't come, it's not going to come out of your mouth if the word's not in your heart. So yes, you're exactly right. So that's why we study the word, get the word in our heart. We get the word in our heart so that when things happen, we say, no, this is what the word says. The word that's in your heart's going to come out out of the abundance of the ha- a heart, the mouth speaks. Watch this. Um, let, let, go over to, uh, oh, glory to God. Go over to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6. Proverbs twelve six. Dorothy, when you get there, would you read that for me? I have to. I, I put my Bible down. Let me get get it. All right. I'll wait for you to get it because I want you to read this. <laughs> I don't want to hold it. And, and to go no, with you know, what you, I think another thing to go, I think, with what you're saying to go with that is when it comes to the thoughts and intents of the heart. Right. Is that. Because that's, as you've been saying, the word needs to be in your heart. Because if right. it's not, we can do we can do the right thing or what appears to be the right thing, the right action. But if our heart isn't right, like if the, like you're doing the right, there's a motive. Yeah. And that motive, yeah. you could you can do you could you know be great on the outside. But if your heart isn't uh-huh. right, there can be motive behind everything you do because it isn't your work because that motive is in your heart, not the word of God. Well, yeah, but what motive is it? Where it does that be a motive bad come motive. from? 
Yeah, yeah what, I'm right. saying. Well, there's 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 only two right. sources. There's only yeah. two sources. Hold on. There's only two sources. There's only two sources. There's God and there's and there's the world. Exactly. Okay. So if you're through your five senses, you gather all this stuff that goes into your heart. From the world. That's why that's why we can't be sense rule. All right. right. So, so oh, Yeah. Yeah. Proverbs 12. Yeah, everybody listen to this. Go ahead. The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. But the mouth of the upright, what delivers them? The mouth. The mouth of, of the upright. upright. The mouth. So out of your mouth. All right. All right. Go to Proverbs. Go to chapter ten and read verse twelve. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covereth all sins. No, that's the wrong one. I, I told you the wrong thing. Thirty-two. Verse thirty-two. Yeah. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. Yeah, the lips of the righteous. What are you speaking? All right. Um, all right, let's, let's just look at a couple of more, and then we go. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Verse 11, Dorothy, read it out loud. Uh, verse 11, the yeah. same chapter 10. Yep, ten yeah. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but That's violence it. covers the mouth of the wicked. The mouth why why is it talking about the mouth? Because what's in the heart's gonna come out the mouth. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life because life is in his heart. Amen. Amen. Verse thirty one, the mouth of the just what scripture was that again, Dorothy? Uh, that was uh, chapter 10, verse 11. Yeah. Of what? Of uh, what? Proverbs. Proverbs. Proverbs 10, verse 11. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And, uh, I mean, just look. Look, look at the, uh, oh, my gosh. There's one verse that says the mouth of the up is right here somewhere. Is that choice silver? Where's that? Somebody find that. Right here. The mouth of the upright is that choice silver. I mean, it's value. The, oh, no, no. Verse 20. Verse 20. Read that. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. You see how the mouth and the heart are tied together? Hallelujah. Well, I guess when we're at, when we're acting when someone's acting like that, or there's a there's a saying I have. It's called superficial Christians. Well. What it, actually what it is is just a carnal Christian. 
who hasn't developed yet. And that's why, and most people don't develop because they don't get the word. They don't get the truth and the reality of God's word. That's why people don't develop. I've seen people, I've seen people be religious their whole life, and they don't know, come here from Sikkim when it comes to the word. They know more condemning verses of scripture than they do than the words of life. You know why? Because that's what they hear every Sunday or Wednesday or whatever. That's what they bought into. They look at other believers. Those are the same people that condemn other believers to hell. Instead of saying, you know, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you know what? Praise God. I'm praying that you won't ever have to live beneath your righteousness. Amen, Pastor. Words you know, we, can we, bring life or death. Yeah, that that's the other words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Yes. By your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. By your words, you're going to be blessed. By the word, by your words, you'll be cursed. You'll live according to a curse that they don't even have the believers. Listen, believers are living under. Some believers are living under the curse when they've been redeemed from the curse of the law because they don't know it. They live under it. And that's what, we're, that's what we endeavor to avoid right here and right now in these Bible studies. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. And in Sunday service. This is not about a show. This is not about how much pastor knows and don't know. Let me tell you something. I'm learning every day. Every day. I'm thankful. I'm no more than you are. Jesus is Lord. We, let me tell you something. I I, I heard my teacher say, this minister say today, he said, he said, you know, we're not like the Catholic Church where you got to have priests and all this. He said, we're not even like the, the Word of Faith people. He says, because they always talk about how you have to have a covering over you. No. We are birthed out of Christ. I'm not birthed out of any man. You as believers, we are birthed out of Christ. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit was to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us, and to direct us. Paul says, you're carnal. He says, some say I'm of, I'm of Apollos, and some say I'm of, I'm of Paul. What he was saying, listen, you're not, you're not of either. You're birthed out of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have to keep, I'm not a glory stealer. Paul wasn't a glory stealer. It's not about pastors and bishops and all this. It's about understanding. If once we all start with, if you look at our tenant, at our, at our uh, thing, we are, Word Alive Ministry is a church that is birthed out of Christ, not out of the Baptist, not out of the Methodist, not out of the Catholic, not out of the Word of Faith. We are birthed out of Christ. And now he has free reign to do whatever he wants to do. Hallelujah. And we're, and we're willing to allow him to do whatever he wants to do in us. Mm. I'm not mm. lifting up men. We're going to lift up Jesus, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord. Neither is there salvation in any other. This is what Peter told the Jews. 
For there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. We need, Jesus is the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the first and the last. You know what? He's the firstborn among many brethren. That's where he became Alpha. He became, Jesus became Alpha when he rose from the dead and was seated at the right hand of the Father. He is the beginning of the church. He's the end. He's the firstborn. He's the last. Amen? Amen. Amen. God wants Amen. our focus to be Jesus Christ because Don't that's blame. where we're found in him. Amen? Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Any, any more comments? Because I'm about to pray right now. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for the grace, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who's, who died, rose again, and is seated at your right hand in all power and authority, and he is the anointed one with his anointing. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for this new life. We thank you for this new life that you have given us in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're opening the eyes of our understanding. Lord, you're revealing, but you've given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, you've given us and 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 the knowledge of our the inheritance that we're partakers of, and the exceeding greatness of your power. Lord, we thank you that you're constantly renewing our mind and constantly transforming us into 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 the image of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who comes from Jesus to impart to us what only Jesus would want us to have to place it in our hearts, Lord. So that as we open our mouth, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouths will speak and that we will only speak to the oracles of God. The same way Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. We only say what we hear you, your word say in our hearts, Lord. We speak the word. We speak your word. We're partakers of your life. We thank you for these gifts, these blessings, these treasures that you put in on the inside of us. We thank you, Lord, that we are your temple. We're holy. We're sanctified. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you've taken our mess and gave us your blessing. We thank you for it, Father. And we give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, y'all be... Be blessed and go be a blessing. Go be a blessing. I'm telling you right now, whatever's wrong, Jesus is the answer. He hasn't left you. Thank you. He hasn't given. He haven't. He's given you every every good thing. Every good thing. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. You're welcome. We Thank love you, you all so much. Amen. Thank you. We love, we love you too. So we love you all. Is anybody on the call for the first time? Well, if you are, come back. All right, bye. 
Mm-hmm. 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 